Hello and welcome to Tech Bytes. I'm your host, Justin Font. Today, our guest is Mr. Todd Stevens. Todd is an assistant principal at Lakeshore High School and will be speaking to give us a perspective from the administration about technology integration within a school district. Thank you. I appreciate uh, having the opportunity to be on your show. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what sort of role that you serve here in the building. So I'm the assistant principal here at Lakeshore High School. I've been in that role uh, going on four years now. The My role as assistant principal, though, is not the typical one. We have it set up where we have a dean of students who handles about 75% of the discipline. I probably help out with about 25% of that, the discipline. So it, it frees me up to be able to do a lot more. I'm going to be able to go into classrooms more, help teachers out, do observations, as well as conduct. I'm the CTE director for the district. I also am one of the district data people that I was just, you and I were just talking yeah, about. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so it, it allows me to wear a little bit more hats than your typical assistant principal. I also get to help out with some other central office things that you normally wouldn't have the opportunity to as just an assistant principal in a district, but we are a smaller district, so it, I'm afforded some of those opportunities. Definitely. It sounds like, man, you wear a lot of hats around here. That's, I did, to be honest, I was not fully aware that this was this many opportunities that you have to interact with staff, students, and families, whichever. So you are a wealth of knowledge and resources. You're the perfect person to interview today. What role do you see that technology plays within our building and within the greater scope of education? So with technology and education, I think if you would ask me that about 10 years ago, it been more of the word processing, it's things like that. But now with the way the technology has exploded, it really can be used to enhance education. There's so much more out there that it can be costly at times, but you know, as long as districts are willing to put forward the effort towards it, you can do it you know, on a limited budget if you need to as well, too, though. But there's so much out there that can now be used for collaborating uh, as well as putting forth that, that that opportunity that students just didn't have before. And, it, you know, we have that opportunity here at Lakeshore being a one-to-one -one district that, you know, every student has a Chromebook, so we have the Google Suite so they can collaborate on that. But they can also do more than that. They have, you know, we live in a day and age where teachers aren't the wealth of knowledge in the classroom necessarily anymore. They're the facilitators of it. They have to make sure the kids are accessing it, utilizing it, and doing what they should be doing responsibly with it, where 10, 15 years ago, they were the expert in the room. You know, you couldn't just look something up. It's a different world now. You, yeah. don't, you don't have to memorize everything as much anymore because yeah, right. it, it's accessible a lot easier now. Yeah, the, definitely the new uh, age of information, if you will. So you've been in the game long enough to see these transitions, not just from the staff side, but also the student side, mm -hmm. it sounds like that, going from more of like a word processor, mm -hmm. you're typing something up, maybe you go print out this thing, all the way to now we're collaborating with one another that you can then work on a shared document like the Google Suites you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so really, well, in addition to that, the role of a teacher is, yes, we are content experts in that we've gone to school and you know we have this wealth of knowledge readily available. However, if we need additional resources, we need additional knowledge that might be beyond our scope of knowledge here, maybe outside of your expertise a little bit, but those resources are available. Mm -hmm. So instead of me saying to my students, well, sorry kids, I guess we'll never know that, well, hold on a second, let's do some research and let's actually find an answer, at least as much as possible here, given the, the resources. So that's and, really cool. And the students can look it up without even asking you if they know how to do it. And they definitely you do. Know, and that's the thing. So, you know, I think it can create, especially at the high school level, it can create some more in-depth conversations that could happen between students, teacher. Like I said, it becomes more of a facilitator role than, you know, I'm just going to stand here and tell you what you need to know versus it's out there. 
let's figure out where the best sources are, where we need to be going, what information we want to get from those sources, and then how do we communicate that we understand what we're doing. Right. So it sounds like in the student's perspective here that we're shifting more so towards, well, let's do some research. Let's do some investigation for maybe problems and uh, either uh, in-class problems or real-world problems. It's really cool that you've had a chance to see this transformation to move from not quite as tech into, holy cow, it's a lot of tech. I will say coming from the district that I was in, they did promote technology, but we also, like you said, came through a time in education where you know, in middle school, I learned how to type on a typewriter. Mm-hmm. And at the end of middle school, I was, you know, we were on a actual computer, but it was a DOS system. I learned how to program in DOS, you know, basic. I heard that in a while. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, by, but then once I got to high school, we had traditional Microsoft Windows machines and we were doing stuff on that. So, and then college now, you know, I'm still pursuing educational that way. I'm on my doctorate right now. And, and we utilize a lot of the, these things that our students are. The colleges are finally starting to become receptive in terms of allowing us to utilize those. I think sometimes higher academia can be a few steps behind when it comes to adapting and understanding all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. I mean, this program that I'm currently working through is it's 100% online. And so I do have the flexibility of, you know, if I need to work on a project like today, I'm in school, I'm, in, I'm at my job, I'm on my lunch right now, on my prep, and I'm able to then still get to work on my things. I don't have to be in seat, and yet I'm still working to then complete an objective or whatever. So, yeah, so you would say that this technology that we are then uh, we're educating the students to utilize here is not just something that is, hey, you should learn how to do this because your teacher said so. But actually, this is these skills are then transferable in parts. You know, we say that you're trying to build this student of the 21st century here and that now it's not just rote memorization, but it's application of skills and knowledge with the enhancement of technology. Correct. Correct. Because like I said, it, there is almost nothing you can't look up or that isn't already have a program that helps you complete it. You know, it's it's how do you use it though? So what would you say in what ways do you as an administrator here support your teacher knowledge as well as application of this technology? So being a one-to-one district, I think our central office staff has actually embraced that and allowed the staff to pursue a variety of opportunities when it comes to you know professional development or anything like that that they need to do. A superintendent does a great job of communicating that he wants to see you know students of the 21st century you know providing them those 21st century skills so I think the PD choices that we offer to our staff reflects that tremendously and we are constantly having those conversations as building principals and administration with central office of how we can do that better as we move forward even this year you know there's some legislative changes that occurred that are allowing us to open that up a little bit more and to address our transformational goals as a staff um, which as we transform our ability to teach I think it transforms the way the students learn and where we start addressing their ability the way they learn versus the way we learn one of the old phrases in education that's not how I did it is one of those <laughs> ones it, it's like it, it just kind of grind it like makes me just a little nervous when I hear that because things aren't the same as when any of us any educator went through right. you know school even you know the the first year teacher things are different you know with the way technology changes every day it's different I look at you know what 10 years from now will look like I'm sure we'll have virtual reality headsets. We'll have, you know, all these other things that will just continue to enhance the educational experience. I know that a concern of some some educators is that we 
you know, we, we have this introduction of these technologies, but it's not so much to say, well, you know, here's a computer, your kids need to know how to use this, you should teach them to use these things without being supported. So to me, it's really relieving to hear that, at least on the administration side, you sound collectively, you all agree that this is important because we're then trying to build these skills for this 21st century learner so that we can then take them into college or careers then or thereafter. So and offering those professional development opportunities and even potentially restructuring things the way that we do in the building because we're aware if the students are going to change, then us on the staff side, we need to change accordingly as well. We mentioned earlier that we are, us as a building and us as a school district have gone one-to-one. -one. So what sort of impact has there been on this technology since the integration or the application of our one-to-one -one system? Uh, so I think it's actually sped things up. I believe they it's progressed the conversation as well, too. I think if we wouldn't be one-to-one -one right now, it would we would be a few steps behind in terms of that. We keep talking about the 21st century learners and things like that, and the skills they need though, you don't always need technology to do it though. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing, I think the technology enhances it. Things like collaboration, you don't need the tech. I mean, the technology does enhance it, but you can still do it without it. The yeah, communication right. skills, things like that, you know, it needs to be where we understand that. And I think people often get stuck in certain modes of technology where we have to, as a staff, continue to try and step beyond those comfort zones. You know, I mean, for the longest time, oh, I'm giving a CUDA quiz, you know, or a CUDA <laughs> review, you know, it's like, oh, that, that, that's great. But can we not do that in every single class, you know, kind of thing? Yeah, so, right. Or Kahoot, sorry, not CUDA. Yeah, the, uh, Kahoot. the, the Kahoot. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and even as a math teacher, you know, we had CUDA software that came out earlier that helped us, you know, manipulate things before we were one-to-one. The one-to-one, -one, though, now allows us to, you know, offer more adaptive programs that are out there in terms of to help those students as they learn some of those skills. If they don't do well on a certain question, it reverts back to another question is similar to that until they gain those skills to move on. So I think that's, the, that's a little bit more that's different, too, as well, is the adaptiveness of the technology for the learners. You know, Khan Academy has expanded and blown up to the point where it's it's not even just for our students in our building. It could be for anyone. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, they and even I know a lot of people don't realize this, but you know, a lot almost all the Harvard online courses are available free. Mm -hmm. um, you can just I online. share that with my students. Yeah, actually, that are um, interested in certain studies. Yeah, I was just sharing it with one of our chemistry teachers. She wanted to do more cooking in chemistry, and I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a Harvard online course for it. So oh, I yeah. shared the link with her for that. And teach, I mean, so it, just things like that, that, you know, that we have access to, once again, it just continues to, to, I think, help us keep up with that pace as a district, as teachers, as administrators, to help our students keep up with that pace now that we're one-to-one. -one. Yeah, so this has really helped us, Triple uh, E Framework here, enhance, engage, and extend our content. So it's not necessarily just a replacement of it as in, well, here's a Chromebook and it's going to teach you everything, kids. But actually, well, let's use this. It's a tool is what it is. And it's a teaching tool to allow us to then reach our students, broader audience, or even as you suggested, potentially even into the adult world that you can offer online courses for adults or other persons who might want to learn a specific skill or trade or whatever else through the Harvard, uh, for instance, is a, is a great opportunity. That's really cool. I, I would definitely agree that we've kind of changed a lot and not just changed what you know what we're doing we're using technology but how we're doing things the mindset of the building here and as well as the educators that are then using this technology to apply it to their teaching styles so our building offers a hybrid program could you tell me a little bit about our school's hybrid program so the hybrid program uh, allows us to use the seat waiver time that the state of michigan allows us for both online and hybrid learning classrooms so if in order to be hybrid you have to 
meet more than 50% in person, and then the remaining time can be done off-site or digitally. And the way that works is, though, a lot of our teachers use it in so many different ways, and it's really nice to see that. You know, some of our teachers do it in their leadership classes so that they have to go out and, you know, do volunteer work or meet certain requirements that they wouldn't necessarily be able to do if they were just sitting in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Same thing, I know we were just talking about this before we talk, uh, before we started recording. You know, we have a science teacher who does an environmental science class where they do a course-long project for about two-thirds of the course and in order to like collect data for that um, she uses that hybrid time for the students to you know go to Lake St. Clair which is a stone's yeah, throw away from here. You can walk there. Have time. You know, it's like 10 yeah, minutes. exactly. It's a stone's <laughs> throw away from here. They they're able to conduct real life samples of water that instead of just doing like oh the puddles that are outside you know kind of thing, <laughs> right. or creating a synthesized environment they get to actually do it in a real life environment. Our college planning course uses it so that students can maybe go to a college visit or fill out paperwork that they that you don't necessarily have to sit in a classroom to do all the time too. That yeah, there, right. There's there's activities that you know you need a teacher there for, and there's ones that you don't. It's not necessarily to just take away the busy time, but it's to make sure that the students then also know how to manage their times because they do get a little bit more freedom with it. Right. And and there are restrictions behind that as well. You know, students have to maintain a certain grade point in order to to honor those hybrid days. They have to. Have parental permission so they can't just be wandering off and with that we've also opened up off-campus lunch now for the first time three years ago was the first time we did it since I believe the 70s Mm -hmm. Um, so they it's allowed our community to understand the freedom that is necessary for these students as they progress as 21st century learners as well so it sounds like these the use of these hybrid classes is really opening up a lot of opportunities for students for, as you mentioned, they would otherwise, you don't really need to be here to do these things. Or we can offer real life data collection, for instance, here, go down to the lake and actually take a real life sample rather than, well, let me simulate some, what pond water would actually look like or whatever. So that's really cool to get the students additionally outside of the classroom or outside of the building even, of course, within the scope of possibility, but also holding them to this higher level of rigor so that those students that would like to engage in this, it's not just a, well, I'm in this class, it's a hybrid, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to leave for the day because I have the ability to, but actually, I'm sorry, to earn this hybrid, you have to have a certain GPA requirements or course completion or something to that effect. And so we're maintaining this high level of rigor. Additionally, it sounds like soft skills are being built, as you mentioned, things like Well, time management. And so if I have this project, it's a whole trimester long. I got to get this done. I have a time frame here. I'm not given, well, you have to, maybe there's checkpoints along the way, but ultimately you've got a project and it just needs to be done. Here's a due date. So get it done. And so that's a big thing, especially for students that would like to transition into the college experience, that time management is huge. You're going to have to then figure out how are you going to then utilize your time efficiently, studying-wise, class-wise, or hanging out with friends you want to de-stress or whatever else. What, if any sort of feedback, have you received about the implementation of hybrid learning? So either from staff members, students, families, uh, etc. here, what sort of feedback have you received? Mixed, obviously, with any new programs and things like that as Mm -hmm. they progress. You know, some parents are frustrated with it because their students are not exhibiting the skills that they need. And I think sometimes the staff feels the same way too, that the students 
don't always exhibit their skills that are necessary to be successful through the hybrid programs. But a, a lot of positive feedback as well. Um, it, the students appreciate the ability to, it's more along the lines of a college class. Mm-hmm. You know, it, college, the expectations once they move on, and a majority of our hybrid classes are upper level students. You know, so the provides those experiences for them that they wouldn't get elsewhere. You know, you're not sitting there, you know, where someone's taking attendance on you every single day. Mm-hmm. And you have, we're gonna work on our homework today, and then it's due tomorrow kind of thing. It's, these are the projects, these are the timelines. You have to meet those and you're given that time outside of class to do that. So, you know, if you look at just a typical hybrid situation, maybe you meet three out of five days a week. And then from that, you end up just like a college class. You meet three days a week, but there's expectations that there's, you know, a lot more going on outside of that three hours of class, Mm -hmm. you know, where you might have another three or four hours of work to do with it. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's really how it kind of works. So I think some of our students feedback we've gotten is that it does prepare them for college a little bit better than, you know, your traditional settings. The other thing is, is sometimes even the students that have, that have struggled in school up till that point, when they're given that opportunity to do those things, they tend to shine through for it because traditional school setting wasn't necessarily their thing. Yeah. They, right. They, they can't sit through five hours of, of lecture. There's a study where like one of the best things you can do as an administrator or even as a teacher every now and then is follow a student for a full day and see, you know, we would never ask a teacher to sit through five straight hours of meetings. I don't know if I could, to be honest. <laughs> so we expect students to often do that sometimes in right. the traditional setting of schools. So I think as we continue to transform education, I think it, it, it opens up to those students in terms of we wouldn't ask anybody in real life to do that. You know, I don't know of any job where you're going to sit down, maybe get up and move every five minutes, yeah, every right. hour. It, it doesn't work that way in real life either. Students need to have that ability to build all those soft skills that we continue to talk about. And this is one way of approaching it is through the hybrid courses. I've actually not really considered that, to be honest. Yeah, the, uh, part of the whole aspect of us training students to prepare for the next level, that college and career readiness is what it sounds like, in addition to offering these opportunities that you might not be able to have, get out of the classroom, go do your data collection or whatever else, but also be able to demonstrate a little bit outside of an AP level course. But if you were to then demonstrate, here's what a college experience is kind of like. You show up three days, you don't the other two days, but you are still expected to. Well, you got this homework you gotta do, you gotta get these things done. And uh, recalling my college days undergraduate degree, absolutely, that's, that's exactly what it's like. So that's really great that we get to offer those opportunities for students like that. So how do you see this continuation of the program over the next several years? So I could see more teachers taking advantage of it and possibly expanding it. We're trying to actually tighten it up just a little bit, just to the expectations of the students. I think sometimes they they waver in terms of they think, like you mentioned, oh, I have this class, I just don't have to be there that hour. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there is still some expectation. So, you know, we continue to have those conversations with teachers about what the students' expectations are when they're not in their class to make sure that we are meeting those needs and not just giving them, you know, off time to, to do busy work, really, truly to enhance the learning experience and for them to do something that they couldn't do outside of the classroom. So that's one of the main things we want to make sure that we're doing. And I think as we continue with that, I think, like I said, more teachers might take advantage of it in spurts. Because here's the thing, it doesn't have to be an all year you know, hybrid kind of thing. It might right. be, oh, we're doing this project that, you know, I look at our uh, geometry classes did a project-based learning lesson last year for area and volume and things like that where it was a the tiny house project yeah right it was a phenomenal project the the things the kids did were were outstanding but if that was an upper level class sophomores don't necessarily have the ability to go places 
Right. Um, but if it was like an upperclassman class, could it potentially be an opportunity for them to go, you know, talk to a construction company and, you know, meet with that person, you know, and see, you know, what, what kind of supplies are better than others, you know, so they could actually physically be tangible or, you know, even right. go to Home Depot and, you know, check out what's mm-hmm. there, you know, I mean, s- simple things like that, that right. you couldn't do necessarily in a classroom. You could do it online and you could look at the pictures, but, right. you know, it's different when a high school kid doesn't know the difference between tile, linoleum, hardwood floors. Right. You know? When so, you're staring at that wall it, at Home Depot, oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you know, you can actually touch it, feel it, you know, and, uh, right. and it's an experience that you can't do elsewhere. It would be very costly to try and bring all of those experts, all of that, those materials into a classroom. No, it wouldn't be feasible, right. So things like that. And I think we as educators have to think creatively about that. You know, how do we allow those opportunities for students to do that? Because as soon as you ask them to go out to those places, well, now you're, once again, you're addressing those 21st century skills, the essential skills for success, where they have to communicate with somebody. They have to have a conversation with them. They have to be able to understand what that person is saying. So there has to be some back research that they do. Because if I just walk up to a construction guy and be like, how do you build a house? He's going to be like, what do you mean? So there has to be a a process there where, you know, you have those conversations. And you know what? Maybe in in the future we could even do cross-curricular things with that same concept in mind. Maybe a social studies and an English class work together where, you know, they go, they get to go to museums or, you know, they, we live in an area where, you know, I think people are starting to forget their own communities a little bit more. So maybe we do Mm -hmm. some community research where a social studies, like a government class maybe goes to and talks with the mayor or, you know, goes to Lansing and, you know, actually observes what happens on Capitol Hill. Yeah, right. You know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a field trip then. You could do it as a, you know, where students get multiple choices to do things you know, and they have those opportunities to do all that kind of stuff. So it sounds like we're in the building here looking to expand this, mm-hmm. tighten up the restrictions, kind of make sure that we are maintaining that high level of academic rigor, but at the same time, allowing students to then have this opportunity to go outside of the classroom, to get those real world experiences, see things and do things that are much more tangible, um, but additionally, being flexible with the staff. And I like the point you had said about, well, maybe it doesn't need to be for the whole course, but if there's maybe a particular unit, like you mentioned the tiny house project Mm -hmm. here, which were phenomenal, by the way, Mm -hmm. I loved them. So they would have an opportunity to then, for this unit, we are then going to then hybrid because it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. So then allowing the staff here the flexibility to then utilize this as an opportunity for the students when it's appropriate and it's applicable. And it's it's a teacher comfort thing. I know some teachers aren't comfortable with it. So if they aren't, you know, we aren't going to force it on them either. Right. All right, Mr. Uh, Todd Stevens, I appreciate your time here. I got one final question here. What would you say is your best piece of tech advice? Don't be afraid to fail. I mean, technology will fail at times. We fail as educators at times, but it's what we learn from it and that we show the resiliency that we want our kids to have. So as an educator, and especially as an administrator, I don't want my staff to feel like there's penalties for failing, that they have the opportunity to to stretch themselves and and to try out things that may not work, but it really would be awesome if it does work, but if it fails, it's okay. Thank you so much, Todd. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I'd like to give a special thank you to Cam Nevetta for the use of his song Coffee at Dawn for the intro and outro. Thanks, Cam.